welcome to the Wildlife Around You show, a casual nature podcast with your hosts, Blaine and Lainey, both nature enthusiasts. Well, hiya. Hello. How are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. So what nature have you come across lately? Some rain. Haven't seen, I didn't see any animals this morning, but on my morning walk, it started misting and then raining, so... A little damp when I got home, but it was a nice change. How about you? The day or two ago when I got home from school with our daughter, the, there was a spiny lizard sitting on the side of our house, <laughs> sunning itself. It's been cloudy for a few days, so I think it was taking an opportunity to get some extra sun. Was it a small, an adolescent? It was kind of a adult? medium size. It wasn't super big. A brick house. It's a good place for it to... Absorb some warmth and sun itself. Definitely. Nice. So what are we talking about today? The coral snake. (laughs) Yeah, not the biggest fan of snakes. No. Especially not these. No. So share some of your experiences, (laughs) Blaine. So professionally for a while, I was a pooper scooper. So I would go in people's yards to clean up after their dogs. And on more than one occasion came across coral snakes in people's yards. I hate, not a big fan of snakes. So it always startled me. One of the most recent ones was only a couple of months ago. It was kind of misting, raining a little bit. And it's going through the yard and all of a sudden see it kind of shimmer and was like, oh no. <laughs> Then it tried to kind of hide under the grass, and I'm like, that's where I'm heading next. So I had to kind of tap around it till I got it to come out and chase it out of the yard. But Yuck. yeah, not not my favorite. But it was fascinating to do more research on it. Made them even <laughs> <laughs> less, less uh, loving for me to... <laughs> so... Yeah, because, you know, as we did research... You know, I'd grown up hearing the phrase red and yellow kill a fellow, red and black friend of Jack. Well, that is not a universal rule. Yeah, it's a little troublesome. (laughs) So let's let's find out what we know about or what we found out about coral snakes. All right. So there are two groups of coral snakes, old world, which are those found in Asia and new world, which are the ones here in the Americas. They are vibrant yellow and red bands. The red on yellow killifello is true, as we said, but not for the old world coral snakes and many here in the new world, especially the ones in Central and South America, which was surprising. Yeah, that's, so that's pretty much only good for North US. America. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of that, don't don't trust that rhyme. Yeah. So in other parts of the world, coral snakes may have red bands touching black or pink and blue banding or no banding at all, which is not helpful. The best way to identify a coral snake is by its head. And the head is is blunt. It's black behind the eyes and its bands completely circle the body instead of breaking at the belly. Yeah. So... Get real, real close so you can can see see. where those eyes are. (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you. They're also really slender. They're a very narrow snake where, you know, like we lived in Arizona for a while and rattlesnakes and other stuff. 
they are wider at the head and body and then taper down. But with coral snakes, they're pretty narrow from the head to the tail. Yeah. The head, head's just blunt. The tail's yeah. pointy. That's about how you can tell the difference, but they're the same. They don't have the diamond head like pit vipers and yeah. other stuff like that. And they're pretty small. They're not very long, 18 to 20 inches long. A few of the species can get up to three feet, but for the most part, they're pretty small, which was surprising. Especially those in the U.S. Yeah. Um, they are mostly a necklace snake where it's just the head and then the body. Um, it can make it hard to determine the head from the tail because they're fairly similar looking. But and that's they, on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Yeah, they, they use it as a way to distract attackers. So they'll coil and they'll bury their head down at the bottom and they'll raise their tail up. So if the predators are coming at them, then they'll attack the tail. So then they have a chance to still bite the attacker. Yeah, to defend themselves. Yeah. And the ones, especially the western coral snakes, aren't that big around. They're only about as big around as a pencil or a sharpie. Yeah. And it's just that thickness pretty much all the way down the length of the body. Yeah, which was really surprising finding out because I had never seen them outside of pictures. I'd never even seen them at, you know, the reptile house at a zoo or an aquarium or something. So, you know, you sharing some of the pictures or videos of (laughs) look at the friend I got to meet today in this yard of, whoa, they're a lot smaller than I expected. Probably come across them maybe half a dozen times. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, they, they like forested and jungle areas, and most of the time they'll spend their time burrowed underground or in leaf piles. They they like to be left alone. They'll you might find them in marshy and wooded areas, and sometimes in the scrubby sand hills in the southeast of the United States. Western coral snakes primarily live in the Sonoran Desert, and you'll find them under rocks or in a burrow in the sand or soil, and sometimes in the rocky areas around the saguaro cacti. All snakes like doing that, so that makes sense. Yeah. Most often you'll see them in the summer and fall. The other times of the year, they just pretty much stay in the burrow underground. It's warmer there. Yeah. They don't dig the burrows themselves. They usually just take over one that's been (laughs) dug by somebody else or abandoned. Hopefully mostly abandoned. That would be not a pleasant surprise to see a snake took over your home. So why don't you tell us about their behavior? They are very secretive and they're primarily nocturnal um, and they really like to be left alone. They're pretty reclusive. Um, Most of the time they stay in their burrows or under rocks um, and a lot of rotting leaves, which is part of the reason why um, you see them in the fall because there's a lot of cover with all of the trees dropping their leaves. They come out for breeding season and then during the rainy seasons. Yeah. All the ones I've seen, it's always been during rainy season. It's never been any other time. Um, They have fixed fangs, which was interesting. So they're constantly out and ready to strike. They're also not a very strong snake, which I was surprised at. I thought the fangs aren't strong. Oh, the fangs aren't strong. Okay. They're weak. They can, they can break off. Which is unfortunate for them. Um, That mixed with weak fangs and their small mouth makes it, difficult for them to puncture human skin, which is good news for us. 
Uh, most of the bites happen when a person is trying to pick up the snake. So it's kind of your stupid tax. Um, bites can Pretty be- severe tax. <laughs> Bites can be extremely painful and can lead to cardiac arrest. There's often little or no pain or swelling in humans, and symptoms can take hours to show up, which was surprising, sometimes even 12 hours. And symptoms include slurred speech, double vision, and muscular paralysis. So it's not worth it. Leave the snake alone, especially when they're trying to get away from you. Leave them alone. Yeah, they have a neurotoxin in them, and so it's not a... It's not like rattlesnake venom and some of the other ones, It's which we'll get into. They're more closely related with some of the other more deadly snakes on the planet from that. So unlike many of the other venomous snakes, coral snakes actually lay eggs. Usually anywhere from two to seven eggs are laid in the summer. And then when the babies hatch, they're about seven inches long, and they're fully colored, fully venomous. They're ready to go. They're just pint-sized Coral snakes, but otherwise they come fully loaded. Predators of these snakes are birds, ground squirrels. Which is surprising. Yeah, kind of like how poisonous snakes are for mongooses and and things like that. We'll go after them. Similar here, I guess. Diet, when they're out looking for food, they're looking to find some lizards or frogs that they can then strike and kind of paralyze, then eat. And then any other smooth-scaled snakes. So any small snakes, they'll go after as well. They're, they'll hunt those down. There's lots of kind of fun fun facts about these <laughs> coral snakes that we found. Yeah, I was surprised to find out that it was the cousin. it's a cousin to the cobra. Because they look so different. But some similarities between them, it does make sense. And that there are over 80 species worldwide. And some of them are aquatic which is just not right in my book they have flattened tails that act like their paddle so they swim very easily not okay yeah kind of like eels but nope they're just a different species of the coral snake like you said they're cousin of the cobra and they actually have the second strongest venom of any snake right behind the black mamba but they're considered less dangerous than rattlesnakes because they have that less effective poison delivery system. So they can't open their mouth as far. They don't have as much venom that when they strike it gets pumped in. They kind of have not the best way to deliver it. And so just remember, don't pick them up. Sometimes they'll they'll try to, to scare you away. So when provoked, coral snakes will sometimes make this popping sound by expelling air from their coloca. Okay, something like that. I don't remember exactly how you say it. But essentially, it's a single opening that's for the urinary, reproductive, and intestinal tract. So essentially kind of a bee hole, and that'll startle it. So they're also sometimes known as the snake that farts. (laughs) Nature (laughs) never ceases to surprise. What other things did you find out about them? Well, going back to kind of how they're not great, delivery of the venom so when because their fangs are short and they're fixed they're not retractable when they deliver venom they actually do it by chewing so they'll latch onto something and then they kind of gnaw on you and that's how they deliver the venom it's not biting and releasing like like vipers do it's much more similar to what gila monsters do that's part of why if they had bigger mouths like gila monsters and things like that they'd probably be a lot more dangerous 
and they can live up to seven years in captivity. And the lifespan in the wild is unknown because, again, they're so exclusive. Yeah, they like to stick to themselves. And having such a high toxic venom, there have been no deaths reported from coral snake bites since the 60s. Thankfully, because we have anti-venom, but they account for less than 1% of snake bites every year in the U.S., which is impressive with how dangerous and, you know, potentially deadly that venom is. Yeah, they're not, they don't want to attack humans. They just want to be left alone. Usually if they get startled or something, they'll take off, find some place to go. It's not worth their effort. So just don't pick them up and you'll be in good Leave them alone. So anything, any other thoughts or anything else you want to share about coral snakes? No, just don't chance it. Don't, if you think it might be one, just give it space. Yeah. Don't get closer. Don't go picking it up, checking out the eyes, seeing if the rings go all the way around the body. It's not worth it. Don't go chasing it down. Don't go counting. Is it red and yellow or is it red and black or is it this or that? Keep your kids and your pets away from them too. Yeah. If you're outside the U.S. and Central South America or Asia, yeah, just good luck. They're all different colors. <laughs> just, just. You stay may be able them. to see the rings. You may not. Just, just avoid snakes. Yeah. I don't like snakes. All right. Well, let us know if you see any. You can always follow us on Instagram at a porter explorer. We hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new about wildlife that may be around you. To make sure you don't miss a future episode, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with friends. If you really liked it and are willing, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love to see what you have to say. You can find the show notes for all our episodes at aporterexplorer.com slash podcast. So until next time, we encourage you to get outside daily and see what is around you. Thanks. Bye.